Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I feel like we say this pretty much every week this year. Was that the greatest AEW TV match we've ever seen? The answer is no. That was CM Punk versus MJF when MJF beat CM Punk twice in Chicago. But it's fun to entertain the idea. I just got just to peel back the curtain somewhat. We were having this conversation in the office about an hour or so ago because we watched the match again in the office on our so good. lunch because it was dead good, right? The Omega Bikingo match, of course, and. Tempest made the point of like, what are the best matches in Dynamite history? And we're sort of, you know, all of us are listening through, oh, it's probably, you know, Omega versus Pack. And it's like, oh, well, certainly Omega versus Danielson. Uh, uh, Probably in the Death Triangle elite stuff that they were doing. And Ollie just stood up and was like, why does no one ever say MJF versus CM Punk? Oh, because I like the dog collar pay-per-view match more. Yes, I agree with you. That's also five stars. But what about the other great match they had? <laughs> Boo, Ollie. No, no, no. He did nothing wrong. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. Welcome to the WrestleTalk Podcast review of AEW Dynamite. Please, if you haven't already, press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with what you thought of the episode and send in your... North Carolina! Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. Could have done that in a uh, Justin Roberts style where Omega is two words. Oh! Omega! What a a ring announcer. He's great. The dappy yapper. Uh, This was the second best match in (laughs) AEW Dynamite history, for my money. Yeah. It was pretty darn and, good. Uh, do you count CM Punk versus MJF as two matches because they restarted it? No, I think in which case match. it would be the third. Yeah, I think it, I think that is one match. Okay, holy hell! I've not seen Vikingo wrestle before. I've seen Kenny Omega wrestle a bit, and this was a match designed to get over Vikingo. It was pretty much a lucha libre style match, and Kenny, just like Will Ospreay, just seems to be the best at any style of wrestling you can do. I, this match has been to, was designed to do three things. Number one, it introduced the uh, Vikingo to a North American audience that might not be watching AAA or Lucha Libre. Uh, number two, 
further the storyline with Omega and the Bucks and Hangman Page, which is sort of as a show long storyline and sort of played into this match. And three, and as a lovely little bit of business, set up the rematch for a Triple A show. And that is some <laughs> nice corporate synergy there between AEW and Triple A. Yeah. yeah, we did the first match on our show and our guy went over, but it sets up the bigger rematch for your show, Conan. Yeah, well, you know, that's all well and good now. You've got some story. Yeah, where's the, but but where, where was that where story was going in? Oh, I was watching this match being like, oh, I don't know. What is the story here? Why are these two wrestlers having a pro wrestling match? I always thought that Tony Khan engaging on Twitter and getting riled up and obviously reading way too many tweets than is healthy for anyone's brain mm -hmm. was a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But now... I think the criticism of AEW not having enough story, which is what, I, what I, you know, I disagree with the idea of why would I watch Omega Vikingo? There's no story there because it is it, it, it is yeah. actually a great match. It's a bad faith take. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a bad faith take that some that people sort of blew up into being like, no, no, this actual we need to have a discussion mm -hmm. around why this needs to have a story, but like it doesn't need a story. But sometimes, you, you'll know this because you have given birth to another human being. No, well, well, you haven't directly. I, not directly, no. You, you, you facilitated it. I was, I was there to help. Yeah. I was there to hold my wife's hand. So the, the babies, and yeah, that's what I'm equating Twitter to, en masse, yeah. you know, when all the people are together, they have the emotions of a baby. And sometimes the baby cries, right? Yeah, well, I, just the other night. So my baby uh, had some, her eczema flared up. Mm -hmm. Behind her ear, it got uh, inflamed and it blistered over and it sort of like opened up a little bit and it started to sort of weep and pass out of it. So we had to wash it, dry it out, and then put cream on it. And in doing so, she screamed in my face for five minutes while we were trying to do this. And I said, it's okay, it's okay. Like, while singing her songs and, you know, trying to sort of calm her down and stuff. That is what Twitter was doing when they saw that this match had been announced without a story. Yeah. They didn't know why they were angry. And they didn't know why they were upset. But they had to be upset. But I, I, I do think, because I don't want to discount their argument oh, wholesale. I, I, I do. Because and I, and I will. I think uh, we've certainly said it. I've been saying it for longer than most. One of AEW's big issues over the last six months, I would argue almost a year, is that they lack some really decent stories and that like that there's a substance issue with the substance issue is the wrong word like it's a, <laughs> <laughs> there's a like i did not mean that in any other way that you could interpret it i genuinely meant substance like something has substance yeah of course um but that that's been missing from aew programming for sure i feel like they're really starting to get it back like every week i feel you get it back more and more and more but i feel like the there is Maybe some people are getting, you know, well, I'm just so frustrated that this isn't the AEW I used to follow and fell in love with over the pandemic years. And then they see yet another match of someone they have no idea who they, they are. And they're like, oh, it's just that all over again. I feel like, you know, that could have been a just just something that flared up what was actually a bit more of a legitimate concern that we have all expressed. It was done in a babyish crybaby way. And I, but I, what I, my larger point to come back to was I think that backlash and a lot of backlashes on Twitter seem to have pushed AEW to go overboard. And I think this episode, whether it was always the plan or whether it was because that they were getting some flack online, this was excellent. 
It was, Because yeah. there were so many, everything had a story. There were character beats everywhere. Things progressed. I was so worried last week that we wouldn't see Hangman and Omega touch for a month. I was worried that we wouldn't get MJF follow-up at all. We didn't hear, but we did get a really nice, subtle follow-up on it. But we got really meaty, substance-filled chapters to develop all of those best stories. I don't think we'll ever know whether it's correlation or causation that the uh, where's the story crowd prompted Tony Khan to essentially be like, well, oh, you want story, do you? Here's all the story you can eat. <laughs> uh, you know, something like that. I don't know if we'll ever truly know that. But I also, I think there are slightly two different things here. You are right that AEW has- Let's get onto the ultra chance. <laughs> <laughs> We've heard all we need to hear. Thank you, Luke. So I just play the outro music. <laughs> play it, play it, play it. <laughs> we should do that more often. Oh, we do it all on the Raw podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but anyway, sorry. Yeah, carry on. Carry yeah, on. no, you are right. AEW has had some story issues. I think in 2022 in particular, mm. when they were, they kind of got a little bit bogged down with the Forbidden Door stuff and they had a lot of their top guys out. I was really thinking about this like the other day. There was a period of time when they had Danielson, Cole, Punk, O'Reilly, and Joe was off TV because he was filming things. I was, like, I was like, oh wow, all these new stars that you brought in are all gone and you're sort of you're floundering away and stuff. But like that's a different issue. They did have some story issues, I would say. Come full gear, I feel like, ah, this is a new point for us. And then TV sort of dipped off a little <clears> bit again. I think the MJF Danielson stuff was good story. That mm. was really good, meaty story, good character stuff in there, because that's what MJF really excels at. I don't think that is the same argument as the where's the story for Omega versus Vikingo. And I also think they're two different people as well. You are looking at it from a an AEW fan that is where's that AEW that I liked? Whereas I think the where's the story crowd were more the, I just will never like anything that AEW does. This is why the company is mud because they don't have any stories. Yeah. Well, that those people definitely exist and I can't help them. No. Um, but I, I, I know personally several jaded AEW fans and it's their main grievance. So when, but when people don't really think about it, you know, you, you can just conflate the same things. I can see how they would have got there. So yeah, I, I yeah, but I whatever the situation is, I think AEW have put on a show that has set up so much story that I'm so excited for. I loved everything on this show. This yeah. felt like a proper oh my god, eighty five percent and above plus genuine episode. Yeah, and it had a proper like nineteen ninety eight <laughs> raw finale to yes. it as well. <laughs> and I, I was thinking about because I loved last week's episode too. Such a great vibe, and that that moment when Hangman had the elite sliding behind him and he didn't know they were there. It was like, and I loved MJF, Brian Danielson. I've, I've really enjoyed a lot of stuff that's happened on AEW since Double or Nothing last year. But that moment when the elite slid in, I was like, oh, that's, that's the quality. Yeah. And it just made me realize, and I don't want to say anything bad against Max because it, it was great, but that was great. And it had an all time great match at the end of it. But the stuff that they were doing last year, which we got at the end of last week and was followed up on here, is actually the top, top tier. And it, very interesting you make that point, because I've actually only decided to piece some of this together. Who was missing for a lot of 2022? Kenny. Well, and the elite as a whole, because mm. the Bucks were gone for a little bit. The Bucks weren't really a focus in the tag team division. 
then they were sort of like gone a little bit then they did the trio stuff then they all got suspended then they came back you know towards the end of the year so for the majority of last year we didn't have any follow-up to what we did at full gear 2021 when mm. hangman won the belt and so we then just moved into the the punk verse instead and we'll just do all of the punk stuff instead and and all the moxley verse and we'll just sort of focus around on that now all of a sudden kenny and the elite and hangman and callus are the almost like the focus of the show again mm. you know like i when Kenny Omega made his entrance in the show, I was like, oh, he sh- we should build the entire promotion around I know. him. Why don't we just build the entire promotion around this man? He's the greatest wrestler on the planet. When was the last time Kenny got a singles entrance? Well, this is his first singles match since... I can't even think of what his last one was, but it was like 20... Well, it was 2021. It wasn't full gear. The no. Hang the Handbang match. Obviously, he wrestled Osprey in New Japan, but that was different. Yes. Yeah, on a, in AEW. Yeah, yeah. But I think his last singles match might have been that that match. Yeah, it's that's mad. I didn't real. I got, forgot his entrance. <laughs> so when and I was like, I got so excited for North Carolina yeah. and all the bits that Justin Roberts was saying. And his last singles TV match, you've got to go probably even mm. further than Full Gear as well. So I think that AEW has really missed omega it's really missed the elite yeah. and like them doing the elite storyline that aew fans are really really into and they're into that law you know that moment when the the bucks and kenny slid in last uh, last week crowd going nuts for it we kind of led with that as our things like this is so exciting and then you go people resharing images from previous times and it was like oh They've literally mirrored something they have done previously because they are always doing these things. It is a fabulous little story. And I think they're great characters and great wrestlers and great performers. And, you know, Tempest was telling me this earlier, like I stayed up to watch Dynamite last night because I was so excited to see this match. (laughs) And he said, I've I've decided now I want Dynamite to be being the elite with wrestling. I just want, I want the focus of Dynamite to be being the elite. Well, to be the elite. Yeah. Well, you know, you can like... I think the golden era of AEW, everyone had their little pocket verses and occasionally they crossed over. So you've got the Cody verse. You don't like that? Don't worry. We've got the Being the Elite series that's coming up. Don't like that? We've got MJF uh, and CM Punk. Yeah. You know, it's like this great, great mix. Like Cody was basically doing, here's all my the things I like from NWA and WCW. And then Kenny and the Bucks were like, here's all the things we like from PWG and New Japan. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, and it's what you wanted. That's what you tuned in for. CM Punk and Dax going, remember that Bret Hart match? <laughs> Let's do that one. And MJF's like, oh, I remember this really good promo from Mid-South and yeah. that I watched on a tape. But we've kind of gotten away from the point of Omega versus Vikingo. But now, seeing that we're on it, should we talk about the what was the crux of this episode? which was right at the start of the episode, cold open, really fun open, um, opens on the action, as they would say in storytelling. Hangman is outside an ambulance, and he's like, we need someone to go for the, with the, in the ambulance with Nick. And then Matt's being stretched in, and Kenny's like, I need, to, I need to go with him. And Don's like, you've got a match, you've got a match. So Hangman goes off with Matt Jackson in the ambulance. All of a sudden, Hangman and the Bucks are gone, and Don is making Kenny stay. Because that's what Don wants. Don has realized, you know, when they lost the, the trios titles, where I even said to you, I was like, looks like Don's annoyed mm. that they're losing. We thought maybe that would be a split from the elite. No, it's he's trying to drive Kenny away from the elite because he wants him to be Kenny by God Omega. Because what's Don's best meal ticket? It's a single star AEW champion, Don yeah. Callis. Don Callis makes the most kayfabe money when Kenny is a singles champion. Yeah. And he is a filtered down version of him when he's with his elite 
buddies. I think there was a really smart bit of um, business as well and bit of booking and like show layout by AEW because I think this show was going to have a really big lead in. So oh. Tony was promoting, was talking about this a lot during the week. They've changed. It's not the Big Bang Theory. It's something else. Like it's like the accountant or something. So there's going to be like a big viewing thing that Tony was like, this is going to have a massive lead in for us in Dynamite. And I noticed that that was the plan they had because they opened with this cold open. It's a hot story, this thing now. They're like, oh, a lot of intrigue in here. And in the opening match, there was a lot of commentary explaining who wrestlers were. Mm. And it op- Sting wrestled in the opener. Yeah. That's who, you, like, if you are having, if you're expecting an, a, an overrun of, you know, people over, you have Sting wrestle because that's how you're going to bring those lap fans in. And then you're spending the rest of the time being like, and this is Orange Cassidy, mm. this is what he does. This is Darby Allen, that's what he does. And you just kind of structure the show then to hopefully keep people around. Yeah, a lot of good recap packages as well. Hype package of Omega Vikingo to, to get over the idea that this is a dream match. Later on, you, well, it's a, it's a who done it. Yeah. As well, at the, at the end of the day, it's one of the most effective, played out tropes in TV, the detective story. It's a very reliable narrative plot driver. It was Buddy Matthews. To get people to stick around. It was Eric Rohn's evil twin. Uh, later on, Kenny's like, backstage, I need to go, I need to go and be with the, my, my friends. And Don Callis is like, no, it, it might even be better that they're not here. And as soon as he said that, I was like, Don, you, you carny piece of... Yeah. He you was, did this. He even said, the kids will be gone for a couple of months. They'll be back in a couple of months. It'll be fine. Mm. Already planting that seed in his head. We'll have a couple of months of you as a singles wrestler. Yeah. So, I mean, well, well that's good. And then there was the amazing match. Uh, Omega won with the one-winged danger. We will talk about the match because it's just incredible. Uh, but afterwards... The Blackpool Combat Club appear. They attack Omega, who's doing an in-ring promo with Tony Schiavone in the post-match. Blackpool Combat Club beating down Omega, and then like, oh, okay, that they're the people who beat up the Bucks. Resolution. Yeah. And then the ambulance noise hits. It's not Scott Steiner, unfortunately. It's Hangman Page. Yeah. A good second. A good second option. Uh, he has stolen an, an ambulance from the hospital, having seen John Moxley beat up Stu Grayson earlier on. So, you know, like time-wise, it works out as well. And he, he gets out and everyone everyone cheers. Takes a while, because he's got to make his way from the ambulance, to the entrance bit. Play my music. Yep. The Hangman's music hits to a great pop. Crowd is shining cowboy S, cowboy yeah. S. I was concerned it wouldn't be as big a pop because you'd seen him in the ambulance. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was still really good. Hangman comes down, Blackpool Combat Club Scarper, because he's got a He's got a board with nails in it. That'll do it. And Omega's down. He's been beat up. And Callus goes to touch Hangman on the shoulder. Hangman turns round, goes to hit him, but realizes it's not another not another enemy. Or is it? And Callis just keeps on yanking on his his wrist and eventually does an Eddie Guerrero fake bump. Omega stands to his feet. What's happened here? Hangman, why have you beaten up Callis? And Callis is pointing at Hangman Page. Yeah, pointing at him being like, we did And Hangman's there pleading with him, being like, I didn't hit him. Mm-hmm. Like, of course I didn't hit him. And Omega's like, oh, I knew it. I absolutely knew this about you. And I think that's why Kenny was so upset backstage as well in that earlier segment. It's not just he didn't get to go to be with Matt and Nick. Hangman went instead. Mm. And he doesn't think Hangman is as good of a friend to the Bucks as he is. And it's not just... They, they used to be tag team champions yeah. together, Omega and Page. It's such a such a great story. I like how they're teasing... Just like they did with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And you saw how cathartic that eventual hug was. 
even though you could argue they could have definitely hugged on that raw after elimination chamber or even at elimination chamber yeah yeah, yeah. but they teased it out they teased it out they teased it out and it yeah it was actually a good idea in the end yeah it really was and I, there's a lot you can do here you know we've kind of been doing a lot of fancy booking in the office of you know because you've got some pay-per-views coming up you've also got forbidden door 2 coming up and how do you play into that and uh, tempest made the decisions like oh you could do the hung bucks on one side versus uh omega Takeshita and debushi on the other and i said no if you're gonna do this forbidden door you want to do is omega Takeshita and akada that's yeah. the trio you want to have there on the other side especially because there is no way new japan is working with abushi yeah well that, that, <laughs> yeah, that was my thinking sorry yeah. sorry tempest <laughs> sorry to break your mark heart uh but I, yeah, I i was gonna i I think, based on how Callus was for the whole show, how he's been since they lost the trio's titles, mm-hmm. I remember he was—he sort of pushed in front of Omega and stole the microphone to answer that JAS promo two yeah. weeks ago. Like, there's been some really well-laid friction seeds laid. I think Callus paid the Blackpool Combat Club. It, it's starting to feel like it is him that did that. Mm. He is setting this all up. He is the puppet master here, just he, the invisible hand job. And he is orchestrating, not orchestrating the combo, but paying them off to go and attack them so he can get Omega away from mm. the elite and get him back into just being a singles guy. Which is such a great motivation. I, I He's also doing a lot of stuff with Takeshita. He yes. wants to recruit Takeshita. He's been doing this for three months, I think, now, on dark and indie shows. Yeah, It's not really been a feature on... It's been Dynamite. On, it, I think he watched a match from he backstage. did. Yeah, I think it was might have been during the Max match mm. or one or maybe the yeah. Danielson match. He was watching backstage, so he's like keeping an eye on Takeshita. So I don't know if this is the route they're going. I don't know how Callus would really fit with the Blackpool Combat Club, as in uh, their, their new leader. Yeah, if he if he's the new manager and he recruits Takeshita, I think Takeshita is a fantastic fit for them. That was someone else. I can't remember who it was now. It might have been Pete was saying that maybe Takeshita is in, but joins Blackpool Combat Club and Don Callis becomes the new de facto mm. head of that dojo and that that's the new heel faction. And it could work, but also, and then like you then have Danielson on the side of the elite and so, you know going up against the Blackpool Combat Club. So we were talking about, you know, are you going to have mm. Danielson back in BCC or are you going to have Danielson going against this new heel <coughs> faction? Blind carbon copy. That's exactly it. Or do you have him join the elite? There's lots of various different options here, and, I, and there's not like a bad option in any of it either. Um, sorry if I felt distracted. I wanted to read you um, Don Callis's tweet that he put out early because it really made me laugh. Whereas uh, only March and the God of Pro Wrestling, Kenny Omega, already has two of the best singles matches of 2023. We are back. For those who are concerned, my knee is a little stiff, but better. Prayers to the Bucks. <laughs> He's the best. <laughs> Tempest said Callus is his favourite non-wrestler personality. Yeah. I, I just feel like he's not had enough. He usually is mine. Um, I think all time it's got to be Heyman, right? Mm. But Callus just needs a bit more TV time because he's definitely there. But he's not been around for a year. Yeah, yeah. No, no Kenny, no no Callus. I think I if I'm booking it, Danielson joins BCC, Blind Carbon Copy, comes back, that's a unit, and you go against... Bucks, Hangman, Kenny, and that's when you bring in Ibushi. Yeah. Don't have the New Japan complication then either. That's true, yeah. 
very exciting stuff. Uh, and the match was bloody good as well. Yeah, I was going to say. And then and, <laughs> in all in amongst all of this is perhaps one of the best dynamite matches of all time. The, the dream match of Kenny Omega versus El Hijo del Bel. Ah, I struggle with this. I, I just say the king. I didn't do Spanish at school, so and uh, I, so I'm very bad at this. Uh, so El Hijo del Vikingo, ah, whatever. I'm very bad at this, so apologies. But this match was, and they gave it time. The final yeah. half hour of this show was dedicated to this, including entrances and stuff. Vikingo comes out, AAA mega champion. And this was, for a lot of people, the first time seeing Vikingo wrestle. And this was a match that was designed. Kenny basically went out there to be like, give me all of your best spots. And Vikingo's like, here are all the things I could do. He's like, well, we'll do all of those. Like, we're not just going to pick and choose. Let's do every single one of your spots. So let's do the implosion uh, dragon runner. Let's do your spring, your inverted springboard <laughs> 630s. Let's do your 630s off the top. Let's do your inside out phoenix splashes. Like, let's just do every single one of them. And I'll just work around you and make you look as great as possible. Yeah, it was, you, you've said that there were so many spots in this match. Uh, I was listening to Wrestling Observer Radio and Meltzer told a story that Osprey watched a Vikingo match, but I think against Commander maybe, and Osprey went, how'd he do that? <laughs> so when you've got Osprey going, what? And, and Alvarez said like he didn't feel like he was watching wrestling. He felt like he was watching like what maybe wrestling would look like on the moon where there's less gravity. He does feel like... You know, the gravity, the man that gravity forgot was uh, yeah. Pax, like, Pax gimmick in WWE. Like, legit, it does feel like Vikingo doesn't know what the concept of gravity is. And he is definitely made of elastic. Uh, I Like, the luchadors AEW have got access to and the way they let them run wild really does feel like the, the best parts of WCW from back in the day. I, I wrote it in my notes. I was like, this... This feels like, I, you know, I wasn't watching WCW when Rey Mysterio started, but I've watched loads of documentaries about people talking about how it made them feel when they first saw Rey wrestle. Because when by the time I saw Rey wrestle, he was not past that, but he was in WWE. He yep. wasn't really doing those he was same like seven, kinds. Seven years into his North American run, more or less. Yeah, yeah. This felt like for me what i imagine it felt like for them and ray mysterio changed the game for so many people uh, me and tempest reviewed bash of the beach 96 for wrestle talk extra and that opens with mysterio and psychosis mm. and a lot of that is mike tenay explaining to the audience this is what a hurricane runner is like that move wow. right there that's called a hurricane runner and it's a very popular thing and you're like explaining what masks mean and everything like that and it was a watching the audience was almost as interesting as watching the in ring mm. wrestling because it was watching an audience being like, oh, I don't know who these two guys are, but by then we'd be like, oh my God, this is the most incredible thing I've <laughs> ever seen in my life. And that is kind of what happened here, but slightly different because we are, we've got more open access to a lot of different styles of wrestling to people. The, the audience there, maybe 40, 50%, maybe even 60%, knew who Vikingo was and had seen a Vikingo match, or at least scene of a Kingo gif mm -hmm. and we knew sort of knew what to expect but it started here in terms of like reaction and then just grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and i was like it's like star making performance and stuff mm. it was absolutely stunning because it's not just the insane athleticism this was just an excellent layout of a match there was one bit i was like oh my god what a match this is it feels like they're working towards the finish i think it was the first one winged angel attempt and i just Move my timeline. Eight minutes left. I was like, yes! <laughs> There's eight minutes more of this. It was, I think it had already gone 10, 12 minutes. Yeah. Oh, and um, 
I was really impressed by Vikingo's selling. Yeah, he's great. And his strikes. He's not just a, a flippy flipperoo. I really like that. It was actually, they brought this up on commentary, was sort of about how he probably shouldn't go strike for strike with Omega because he is taller and larger and he will outstrike Vikingo. And then Vikingo starts striking back. And I think Taz goes like, oh, my mistake. So <laughs> turns out he might be all right. It really, really felt like when, when I watched Osprey Ricochet and I was like, wow, this is... I didn't know you could do that in a ring. And I don't yeah. think a lot of people thought they could do that in a ring. And all of a sudden, it pushed the boundaries of what wrestling is. This felt, for me at least, because I know he's been wrestling down in uh, Mexico forever, well, for a couple of years, it felt like the boundaries were redrawn. And I think wrestling technique is is somehow going to get better. And I yeah. just keep thinking, surely that's the limit of the, the human body. <laughs> And then this comes along. Yeah, Very exciting. It, it was really, really cool. I don't know, like, because we might not see Vikingo a lot in AEW because, you know, I know they do a lot of talent exchanges with AAA and stuff. But as I said, like, I felt this was here to facilitate a rematch mm. at uh, AAA's next big show. Maybe they'll do this in the summer. Kind of in the same way that the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom match for with Omega and Osprey was more or less to facilitate a rematch at Forbidden Door 2. And I don't, I like that because mm. A, I get two great wrestling matches again. I get, I get more, I get more great wrestling. But B, it's, it's a good bit of business working between all the partners and making sure that everybody is happy. It's like the NWA back in the day when you'd have one champion and you build the rematches to go to your territory and you would make more money that way. Yeah. It's, yeah, smart. I, I thought this was an awesome 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 match kenny omega is the best wrestler on the planet i'm sorry mr osprey but you are you are not the wrestling god i'm sorry mr danielson but you are not kenny by god omega he's the best wrestler on the planet when you, you said this a few weeks ago and i was like but it's max you know and then i and I, I didn't get it with danielson i was like it's still max and then this match happened i thought of you and i went nah, it's omega again <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and t shirts to those facing homelessness. 
If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let's get into your Omega chat. Speaking of, uh, we've we've spoken quite a lot there about the, the main event, so we'll rattle through these and the rest of the show. Kevin says, first off, wishing Alexa a speedy recovery. Dynamite was another great episode. The main event ruled. Everything else was fine to really good. Do you think that this victory was just a one-off, or could it lead to a AAA mega title match for Kenny? I think that's what it is. Yeah, just answered. Corey H. Mox said, it's just business, before attacking Stu. Stu called Hangman. Hangman showed up. Don caused drama. Don hired Blackpool Combat Club to jump Stu to get Hangman there so Don could fall over and make them fight. BCC with Takeshita versus the Golden Elite and Hanger. I think you're right on most of that. I don't think that he got uh, them to jump Stu so that he could call Hangman because that for Don Callis to do that, he needs to imagine sort of four things that are going to happen. Mm. Four dominoes have got to fall down in order for that. Oh. Whereas, if he'd just got Blackpool Combat Club to attack, Hangman's probably going to show up and then you'd be like, cool, now I've got to do what I want to do. Crazy bump. I will say, I, I'm sure they've got a plan to to fix this, but Kenny can easily watch the replay. It's true, yeah. So, but so that will have to be course, tied up yeah, before and, next I mean, week. this is what Andy Datsun kept saying as well, because uh, Andy Datsun was watching this. He did not like the match, um, and he spent the entire time criticizing the match mm. uh but that was also his big thing as well i was like well this makes no sense kenny can just watch the replay kenny can just watch. but well, what they will in the moment it made sense in the moment it completely makes sense and as we saw after full gear 2021 you know in the post-match after that kenny was like look i haven't had a chance to go back and watch the match yet so i don't really mm. know what happened at the yeah, yeah so maybe he never even went back and watched full gear maybe he'll never go back to watch this we know he doesn't have cable mm-hmm. uh john rice says spanish lesson boys repeat after me El Ejo del Vikingo. El Ejo del Vikingo. El Ejo del Vikingo. Say it fast now. That's how you pronounce El Ejo del Vikingo. Nice. That actually works. I've been struggling with that all day. I was just about to give up on Dynamite and just keep up with watching you lovely gents, but damn, it does uh, Tony know how to win my heart over again. Great wrestling, great story, great Dynamite. I'm dating a woman named Megan Ollie. <laughs> Hopefully not the same. <laughs> Charles Burke. I can't comprehend the athletics on display in the main event. I'm but a simple man who makes really good bad jokes that sometimes land. Sometimes they come true. Like two years ago when I called the Miz the Jizz. Now he's singing about his balls and coming. Well, Ahead go. of the game. Ahead of the game. Ronan C. How dare Hangman get my hopes up thinking Scott <laughs> Steiner was coming to save Kenny. We were watching The Office when the ambulance thing played Dave Bradshaw and, oh, Scott Steiner. Yeah. Uh, Charles Berg, I can't comprehend. Oh, uh, grow, grow, gron. Oh, I need another pronunciation lesson. Adrian, gron, Gronlandwell, Adrian. I've it's never been for nineteen months. Thank you. I've uh, never seen a wrestler like Vikingo before. Hope Tony can get him more regularly. 
Well, apparently, like Danielson has talked about this openly that they have smoothed out the relationship mm. between AEW and AAA after Triple uh, H was trying to muddy those waters. There was a tweet I saw earlier that really made me laugh on that note, which was like, "I just watched the Finkigo match. I think it's great. I think if he slows down by thirty percent and spends six months in the NXT, he'll be ready." <laughs> He's got to learn how to work TV, Luke. <laughs> uh, Juan Perez, member for 18 months. Kenny match of the night, mm-hmm. always. Mr. Higglesby, 18 months as a member. Hey, any news about the channel? Maybe even a video we can see? Ending bothered me. All Kenny has to do is rewatch what happened and see Don line. Yeah, well, we, we think that in that moment, it makes sense. But yeah, they will need to address that next week. Yeah. Um, about the channel. Any news? Do, are you talking about... The channel update Pod, video? The, or the channel update video on Wrestle Talk. You can go and, go go and watch that. There's yeah. an update video on this channel as well. Uh, Baxter Co. Cowhig. Hey, you there, lads. Long time watcher, first time chatter. Does anyone else feel like the BCC's heel turn hasn't really been explained months after their mentors leaving? Or did I miss a you people promo? No, but I, I think it doesn't need to be explained. I don't don't think they needed to have a promo to come and be like, and this is why we're baddies now. I feel like it was told through the Hangman page feud. Yeah. Um, It's told through actions as opposed to a promo. Usually I would, uh, I I think most other examples with AEW, I would agree. But this is one actually where I think it's it's been quite a natural, seamless transition for them. Uh, Esteban Ramos Diaz. Hey guys, first time super chatting. I've been watching you since 2017. Thanks for the great content and uh, always teaching me how to do it. Also, Ollie, trust me, pronouncing Hio is not that hard when you compare to Spanish words like. Yeah, have a go. Quetzalcoatl. 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 I hope I'm not just saying an awful, <laughs> awful slur there. Don't know what that means. I'm just Marcus says the main event was amazing and I loved it as well as the building story of the elite coming back to take on the BCC. I'm just a little worried, though, that Max may start to feel secondary to that story. Thoughts? Jam at jam and have a great day. Thank you very much. Sorry, I got got, uh, distracted. Well, with Max, I, I actually really like how you've got this elite story. With the beat, like loads of interconnected factions, the Dark Order in the mix, BCC are in the mix. Uh, you've still got House of Black and JS kind of weirdly in there too. That's everything else, which gives this really cool idea of the four pillars space to do their own thing in the main event title picture. Yeah, that's what I would say as well. It almost feels like the four of them, or at least three of the four, the one who was in the champion, don't really feel like the main, they could main event a pay-per-view because they know, they've had their time they've been built up in this and the other but they don't quite feel like they are that at that point yet but it's fine because you've got this huge storyline that's happening over here that people are really interested mm. and it's it's like the royal rumble mm-hmm. on royal mm-hmm. rumble you can do maybe some smaller style uh matches because the rumble's the selling point yeah depending on what you got planned for double or nothing really but i i find it very exciting what they're doing there and also it just presents the idea of having <clears throat> two main event storylines yeah. and also just the idea that you know, you're like, well, why isn't Kenny facing Max? Why isn't Hangman facing Max? They're occupied. Yeah. Uh, I'm so sorry. This name hasn't been recorded from Streamlabs, so please do tell the mods what your name is, and we'll hopefully give you a shout-out. Hello, Luke and Ollie. Managed to get my tickets for Forbidden Door 2 yesterday. That's a hot ticket. Going to be my first live pay-per-view. Great dynamite last night. My dream scenario would be a BCC with Danielson Takeshita versus Elite and a debuting Kota Ibushi to even the odds. And then a debuting Jay White. 
You don't want. That's not the right story. It's not, it's not that. No, Kenny would be like, hey, well, I want my boyfriend here. Yeah. Elterums uh, says, actually, forget the Ultra Chats for a moment. Let me just a second say, I personally thought the Omega Vikingo match would have been better if Weezer performed the entrances. <laughs> Again, this is my own opinion. I'm not reading this from anywhere. Weezer? I don't know. It's weird because I, I don't know if they've listened to our WrestleMania X8 review yet. Hmm. Where loads of entrance themes were performed. Yeah. Well, I don't think we ever said it'd be better if these were Weezer, though. I think he's he's referencing my my begrudging love of Weezer. I don't think anyone has begrudged. Everyone, we all love Weezer. It's just it's just frustrating. And then they followed up. Wow, that's a really strange opinion about Weezer, Ollie. I don't I, I don't I don't understand what's <laughs> happening. Maybe we should just get into the rest of the show. Yes, let's do that. Uh, we will do this at a rather fast clip because we, we spoke a lot about the opening. There's a lot to get through. Uh, the show after the cold open kicked off with Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Sting versus Kip Sabian, Butcher and the Blade. Match set up on the house show. Even this has a story. I know, right? Everything has a story. Oh, I hear you like stories. Here's <laughs> all the stories you can eat. Nom, nom, nom. And what it really was, was a way for Sting to have a lovely birthday party and do all of Orange Cassidy's spots. It was so much fun. Everyone was brilliant in this. Love Kip Sabian. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed Sting. Sting was having a great time in mm -hmm. this match and it was having a ball. If I was to be nitpicky about this, if you'll allow me to, to, to uh, pick some nits right here, I, I would have had Darby get the win. Yeah, but it's still. <laughs> Look, I think AEW do legends better than any promotion mm. on the planet. Uh, just look at Jeff Jarrett. But I think that in this instance, particularly because you then follow this up with the four pillar recap, yeah. it probably should have been Darby to be the one that got the the pin. Darby was too busy being emo. And like it tells. What what do you want him Darby to do? Like take. Do the pin in the ring and let Sting do the dive outside? <laughs> 64 years old. Yeah, there was a period of time where we couldn't stop Sting doing the dive <laughs> to the outside. I hope he does now fully transition to only Orange Cassidy offense, which is a lot less taxing on the body. Sting is literally like, you're a genius. <laughs> look, how many, look how many less bumps you have to take now. So he's doing the, uh, you know, the little kicks and he, I think he's squared up to Blade and he does low effort. Uh, chest pounding. It's one of my favourite things in Dynamite history is when Orange Cassidy and Sting did have their face off and they traded super kicks and then uh, they had a begrudging respect when Orange Cassidy gave them the thumbs up and Sting just went, yeah. <laughs> I love how, you know, so many veteran wrestlers are quite vocal on their hate for Orange Cassidy. So I really appreciate the ones who do. Sting and Shibata. Like, come on. <laughs> Sting did the roll, the, the log yeah. rolls across the ring to avoid Kip Sapien doing splashes. It was great. So much fun. But yeah, Darby did then look up to the WrestleMania sign. I mean, the double or nothing <laughs> sign, which was hanging over the audience. I think the only time that was shown all night. Yeah. It's an expensive shot. <laughs> but I, I really appreciate it because I'm watching the match. I'm like, you know, this was before that this amazing episode played out. I was like, Ah, uh, Darby's just going to be like lost in this match. Like, 
how would I book this? Would I have MJF run in? Would I have Sammy run in to cost him something or brawl? Just to further that great angle from last week. Mm. And then, you know, Sting got the win. I was like, well, that was really fun, but just same old AEW, right? But then they have this shot of Derby, arms on the ropes, looks up, and it's like he has a flashback of what happened last week because they use that, the transition into... Well, here's what he's thinking about. Here's a recap of the Rebar Mitzvah segment with the four pillars. And I was just like, that was really well done, actually. Yeah, really good. Uh, my only concern, it was the double or nothing sign, which is two and a bit months away. Yeah. Time, there's four of them. <laughs> oh, like, there's a really simple way around this. You don't do anything for three weeks. That <laughs> that cuts off a good third of your time frame. Uh, I guess if you've got Jungle Boy, Sammy Guevara and Darby Allen all having to win five separate <laughs> matches for the right to compete against Max. that that Yeah, you probably would need that. Yeah, yeah. Time. <laughs> what do you think they'll do? I, I, I think four-way is yeah, the way to go, but way you could have a, a triple threat with the winner facing MJF. Yeah, you can So then do you've that. got two phases of the story. The first like month is the triple threat story, and then it's the winner of that feuding with Max directly. I you could do that, but I would probably just uh, double or nothing the fatal four way. I'm more into the four way idea. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's trying to find a way to get there because I kind of the idea of a triple threat of Darby, uh, Jungle Boy, and Sammy, but it's trying to find a way to make sure that you don't have the, you know, the, the one of them doesn't just win, so you, mm -hmm. it's a singles match. I think the fatal four way makes the most sense. <clears throat> well. I mean, the thing that makes most sense is a tag match. How will they coexist? We had the Kenny and Bakingo video package. We got Guns versus the Top Flight. Bit of a filler match, really. Uh, Top Flight were cost the match by the Kingdom. They're feuding in Ring of Honor. Uh, the Kingdom are built up further by losing on Rampage. Sorry for the spoiler. And the Guns won with the 310 to Yuma. And this was a setup for FTR to come out. FTR came out. They won a title rematch. They'll do anything, but the Guns won't give it to them. Oh, well, we will never challenge for the titles again. No. I actually thought Colton, I think it was Colton, was really great in this, but it was like, I, I, I'm not hearing that. No. Yeah, he's a great promo, that one. Yeah. <laughs> Whichever one it is, he's a great promo. Yeah. The other one's pretty good, but yeah. he, but, that but the, one. But the other one is better. It's great. <laughs> uh, so then Cash is like, we'll never tag again in AEW. Oh, oh that's something oh. I'm really with. We'll never tag again. No. And Dax says, the only thing he really knows how to these days, tease that he's going to leave AEW. <laughs> if we don't beat you, we will leave AEW for good. Yeah. I think it's a really smart bit of booking here. Yeah. Really nice way to play up to and to build up to their tag team match, whether that be on a special Dynamite or that is going to be a double or nothing. Because... This is what Dax does in his spare time. It's sort of like working people and being like, are we staying? Are we leaving? Diddly diddly do. Oh, we've just, I'm just going to put up a tweet here. We've made our decision. We'll let <laughs> you know as soon as possible. Me and Cash have talked about it. And then you do this angle here. So it makes it sound like that this is the way to write them out of TV, which will add extra drama into because you don't really know whether what decision they made or whether they're going to leave or whether they're going to stay. Yeah, even though I fully 100% believe they have re-signed yep. because of common sense and PW Insider's report from a month ago, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'd be lying if I said when they do those near falls in the eventual match, I'm going to be like... <gasps> yeah, <gasps> It's going to work, man. Yeah, it's yeah. going to work. They're very, very good, good storytellers. Um, I, I, I imagine it would happen in April. 
because Dax's tweet said, you'll know come April. Ah. Which I'm all for. Like, no offense, Guns. The quicker we can take the title belts off you, the better. And then FTR can build to the, the bigger Double or Nothing program. What do you, who would you like it to be? Kingdom? <laughs> oh, Team TNA. <laughs> you know, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> no, but seriously, who, who would it be? Because I don't think you want to just do the acclaimed again. <clears throat> no. You won't want to beat them. Uh, I mean, it, de- it depends what the Elite and Blackpool Combat Club are doing, because the Bucks is right there always. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see Moxley and Claudio. Yeah, or even Claudio and Yusuf. Yeah, yeah, take on. what Moxley's doing. But yeah, I don't, we'll see. There's, there's options, but I can't see what route that would be right now. Um, Jay Cargill and Mark Sterling are going to serve papers to Taya Valkyrie that they she cannot use her version of the Jaded, which is her finisher, Ride of the Valkyries, in AEW because it's Jade's move. So I've often made fun uh, of uh, Vince McMahon's lack of creativity um, throughout my time on this podcast. One of his favorite things in the world he always tried to get over was the uh, the intellectual giant. That was one of his big... He was That was his favorite character in the world. And he could never get it over. The intellectual monster. Gave it to multiple different people and it never got over. Mm. I think Tony's version of that is lawyer-based stuff that because it feels like every couple of months we have this backstage segment and tony's like eventually this is going to get over i've just got to find that one just one of them to work well i really like mark sterling i think he's a really great performer on screen yeah but i I agree i don't love him being paired with jade because it does like "Eh, jade's cooler you don't want to just do in legal notice things um, but when he was with Max, which is how he came in as well, really good. Mm. Makes perfect sense that Max would be trying to find every snivelling way out of confrontation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree. Yeah. Or do you think it's just Mark Sterling in the back of booking meetings? <laughs> Maybe you could do a, a, a papers, Donis. People should be asking if he's not on screen, where's smart Mark Sterling? Stokely Hathaway took on Hook. A uh, bit, bit of fun here. Stokely fun. Yeah, tried to get out of the match with a doctor's note, but the doctor's note was written on the back of a receipt for something. If you actually zoom in as well, it does say he is sick. <laughs> <laughs> um, few, few hardcore spots in this. I, the thing, so he basically announces, I'm not medically cleared. I've got a doctor's note. No, I'm not medically cleared. He hands it over to the referee and Justin Roberts. And then he grabs the microphone. He's like, I'm also going to use this opportunity to announce I'm officially retiring from professional <laughs> wrestling. <laughs> Uh, Hook beat him, of course. You had the firm watching on from backstage. Matt Hardy and EC. I always do that. Ethan. Uh, I always do. Ethan Page. It is Ethan Page. Yeah, I was going to say Ethan Carter. <laughs> I was just going to make the same mistake again, but the non-abbreviated form. Um, yeah, this was fun. Uh, I, I've not really been into it. I want Hook to do something serious. Yeah, I, he gets I a lot of that. comedy. Yeah, I, I think I could go for that. Uh, I, I thought this was everything you want out of a cool wrestler versus non-wrestling persona, yeah. which is you had some fun comedy, the manager took crazy bumps, and then the other guy just dominated and won. Cool. Grand. That's a fair point. Yeah. You really got your money's worth to see the manager get the receipts. Yeah, Literally. Uh, Adam, <laughs> yeah. Adam Cole came out for what I think was his first in-ring promo since he the January out. one. Yeah, since he came out for his in-ring promo to announce yeah. he, was, he was back. Of course, he, he has been used to announce reality shows and other more important things, but this was the first one in the ring in front of the crowd because he will be wrestling next week, which yeah, is yeah. hugely exciting. But who will his opponent be? 
Daniel Garcia's music hits. And I'm not going to lie, when he came out, I thought, okay, well, I guess so. That's a fine first opponent. Maybe it's more submission-based and it won't hurt Adam as much away from the head. By the end of this promo, I was like, yes, please, sign me up. This looks awesome. They sold me a ticket. Mm. I, I had the exact same thing that you did when he came out. I was like, huh. You know, it's not the worst thing. There could have been like, there'd have been like 10 other people that I would have come out and been like, that's a worse option. It could have been QT Marshall. Yeah. And I'd be like, you know, that is a worse option for Adam Cole's first match back. Eh, but it's, it's sort of a middling choice. And Garcia cut this promo. And I was like, oh no, this is a great choice. This is awesome. It also explains why he beat Brody King on Rampage. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, this is, this is great. And I thought Garcia was great. But Adam Cole was awesome in this segment. Genuinely made me really excited for next week's match. Well, I, I know Adam Cole's awesome. I, I, I'm amazed at how great a babyface he is. But I still think he's going to turn here. I've just been just been cheated on by Adam Cole so many times. Yeah. Well, also, because I'm looking at this elite storyline and Blackpool Gun was like, mm, sometimes these numbers don't add up. <laughs> oh, there's an Adam Cole right there. But I, I was so impressed with Garcia's delivery here. He has come a hell of a long way in the last year. And, you know, you probably attribute a lot of that to working so closely with Jericho and that faction. But I think now's the time to get rid of that because seeing him here when he ran through all the people he'd beaten, he'd beaten Brody King, he'd beaten Ricky Starks. And when he said the final one, I was like, oh man, you're right. I forgot about that. He's beaten Brian Danielson. Yeah. He has main evented more episodes of AEW TV than anyone else in the company. That's nuts when you think about it. They have done a really good job of low-key building him up. Unfortunately, they just pulled the plug or maybe jump-started that story too early of his split with the JS because there was such a good line in here and this should have been the first time we ever got any dissension between Garcia and the JS. He says, after saying, you know, I'm the, I've beaten these guys. I've main-evented all the time. I'm the best pro sports entertainer. And the whole crowd went, oh, <gasps> such a good idea. This was terrifically written. What a tease. I particularly loved as well, because when he slipped up, when he went to say pro wrestler, he caught himself and he looked down the barrel of the camera with a, don't you look, don't give me that, mm. look, don't give me that reaction. Mm. Sports entertainer. It was great. And very, very good stuff. Um, yeah, just wish we didn't go through that whole non-story in August. <laughs> Uh, Alex Mark, that then we got the Omega and Callis stuff backstage. John Moxley had a really good match with Stu Grayson. Uh, particularly, like, the last half was Stu Grayson's comeback. Yeah. He's just a comeback king. He's so cool. <clears throat> um, but ultimately, Mox got the win with the uh, an avalanche av death rider. Particularly, so I love the finish of this because Moxley gets in the bulldog choke and... Stu Grayson gets to his feet with Moxley on his back, still choking him out. The referee does the arm thing. He gets his arms up and he powers himself up and he runs at the corner and cannonballs mm. himself into the corner, cannonballing John Moxley in the process. And you're like, oh man, this is going to set up something amazing for Stu Grayson. Moxley's like, nope, Avalanche Death Rider. I am putting you down now. And the Dark Order immediately jumped into the ring to protect Grayson because... Blackpool Combat Club have set this precedent of attacking after matches, which is also very, very smart because that's what they do later on in the show. They're telling your audience, this is what Blackpool Combat Club do if you're on your own or, you know, if you're on your own and we've got it later on. They're a bunch of bullies. Yeah. Uh, so do you think he's run out of blood now? Moxley? Yeah. Do you think he's trying to blade every week, but just nothing's coming out? Because that's two weeks on the trot. 
maybe obviously it's just taking a bit of a breather from it maybe he's also reading the twitter and it's just yeah. like yeah i'm not gonna play into the meme this week i i think he's intentionally changing his style to a more heel submission ground and pound base mm. he's not brawling as much it's but it's more in line with the blackpool combat club ethos yeah it just it, what like I love that attention to detail of things, uh, but yeah, really good match. Some really great spots, not just the one you spoke about, but that nightfall into a bulldog choke was so slick. Yeah, really, really good. And, I was, and actually, um, Steve Grayson's four fifty splash when Moxie felt like he was miles away from him. Mm. I was like, I ain't making that. <laughs> oh no, he made it. Uh, Rene interviewed Ricky Starks, called out Juice Robinson for a challenge on Rampage. Not really into this, unfortunately. QT QTV happened. Uh, and they've hacked Wardlow's credit card. Well, they take credit for hacking Dave Meltzer's Twitter. Yeah, yeah, that as well. I, this is fun, but again, it's I, it's not right for Hobbs. No. He but, wasn't there. He wasn't in the video or anything. No, but he, and he was there as well because he's on Rampage. Mm. And he faced a Penser for the title. So, yeah, weird. And then we got Tony Storm versus Sky Blue, which was a really decent match. Kind of like how Stu Grayson looked great in defeat to Moxie. I thought Sky Blue looked looked really good here with Tony Storm. Yeah, they were really putting her over as one of those hot prospects mm. uh, within the AEW Women's Division. I thought this was great. Um, and the Outcast tried to do the spray paint gimmick at the end, uh, but Rio and Willow Nightingale ran down. Apparently Jamie Hayter has visa issues. Yeah. Had to go back to the UK. Um, why not come out before? I thought that as well. Uh, when uh, Soho and Serrera at ringside, I was like, why is Sky Blue on her Todd? What, like, what do you think is going to happen why here? Why she Charlie No Chums? Surely you want to have some backup <laughs> there. It was so Riho could run down with the lead pipe again. Well, she could just do that in her entrance. Like, she, like yeah. Hacksaw Jim Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, yeah, that would be my only complaint about this. And I suppose if I was to add a, a secondary uh, nitpick on there, it's sort of the same angle we did mm. last week. Yeah, just sort of the same angle we did the week before i'm i'm enjoying this I'm, I'm enjoying the outcast more since they've become a trio but i'm sort of i'm ready for the next the next bit of it yeah i agree but I, i'm this is so much better than what they were doing pre-revolution yeah but yeah i do agree overall because then we got the main event which we covered in depth i, I love this episode i gave it only 88% but that is a that is a hard 88% that is a strong 88% I mean, in uh, my other podcast world, we call that a DeLorean. And that's a good, that's a great mark to get. Mm. It's a respectful mark to get, getting a DeLorean. Five out of five show for me. I enjoyed absolutely everything on the show. I had an absolute blast with it. More like this, please, AEW. The poll is now live in the uh, the chat as well. So go there, give you a little click and let us know what you think. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Well, we've already done all our Patreon shout outs. So that's... Get on with the... But if I may, just a plug for Patreon, in fact. Uh, It was Wednesday yesterday. You know what that means. WrestleTalk Extra went live today, unfortunately, because we (laughs) only got it recorded yesterday. But it is me and Ollie reviewing WrestleMania X8 with Hogan versus Rock, Austin versus Scott Hall, uh, Triple H versus Stephanie McMahon slash Chris Jericho, and the awesome Undertaker-Rick Flair match that we enjoyed way more than we thought we were going to. Yeah, I. that was such a good match. It's the longest match on the show. And uh, the podcast, speaking of long, is three hours and 33 minutes. Actually shorter than the pay-per-view, which is like three hours 43. Yeah. Yeah, do go over a lot of fun.
Um, last call for Omega Chats, by the way. WrestleTour.com forward slash support. Uh, this first one hasn't had their name recorded. Please do let the mods know so we can give you a proper shout out. But they say... Oh, all Elite Wrestling are in the chat. Oh. <laughs> Hey, hey, guys. No, no, no. They've, they've done this before, and it wasn't a verified... This is a verified one. This is a verified All Elite Wrestling channel, and they've just said that they thought the show was okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, thanks, guys. Thanks for dropping by. So let us know that you thought your show was mid. Well, I hope there's no anti-AW chats <laughs> in here now. It's going to make things very but, awkward. But, it, but if they are, they do not reflect our own thoughts and opinions. Told you Tony watches! Thank you for the stories, Tony. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, so, yeah, sorry, this person whose name hasn't been recorded. Third time, hoping my name shows. Oh, <laughs> hoping my name shows. Garcia's promo was confusing. Cole, oh, I, I, I disagree. Cole never demanded his respect. The busting my ass line, similar to Rollins on Lesnar, made it sound like Cole chose to be off when the dude was injured. Either way, excited for this match. No, I, I don't think that is what the, the Garcia was going for in terms of. It was just more. And, it, and if he was, he's also a heel. Dante Casaroto says, I brought some friends who aren't watching who aren't wrestling fans to the show last night. One of the three has been asking questions about the business and seems excited to watch more. Are live events key to making new fans or should there be a focus on TV? A little <clears throat> column A, a little from column B, I guess. Yeah, if you asked, um, if you were asking about WWE, I would say n n do not go to a live show. Show them the TV. But for AW and definitely any indies, the live experiences are so much fun. I, on WWE, though, I would say going to house shows are really fun. But TV tapings yeah. are, are a slightly different thing. But house shows have got a nice different variety to them. Uh, I mean, I, maybe I'm, my group of friends, they would not want to go to a, a house show WWE. I get a kick out of it, but they would just see it as campy family nonsense. Yeah. Whereas if I took them to you know, a Red, Red Pro, Pro show, yeah. they're like, yeah, let's get drunk and watch this guy. Are they really hitting each other? They're hitting each other. Like, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah essential violence. Essential violence. Um, NS Ogre, member for 19 months. Mox did say just business before jumping stew. Loving all the content, guys. Thanks. Mm -hmm. yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Colostopia. Punk is the mastermind behind these attacks. First hangman. Who covered up his face on the truck, Ollie? I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> First hangman, then the elite. Ray W still in the chat. <laughs> uh, all punk have problems with BCC plus punk plus Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, or Takeshita versus elite hangman Cole Cage match. That's, yeah, I mean, that's a very big blood and guts right there. Well, then you're just doing the outcast storyline, aren't you? Because uh, you've got like the ex WWE well, punk and, and Danielson Wheelie and Wheelie Uta. Um But the question there is, how do you get the Dark Order into that blood and guts match? <laughs> Uh, Juan Villa, member for 18 months in a row. Can you see the Outcast storyline be extended to two pay-per-views? This might be fantasy booking, but maybe they can add Mandy Mercedes. Mandy, comma, Mercedes. Oh, Mandy Mercedes. Abella, maybe. Mickey. Um, well, uh, the Mercedes Monet is apparently has no more dates scheduled past April. Double or nothing's in May. I, I think if we're going to see Mercedes <clears throat> in an AEW ring, Forbidden Door 2... I would like to be yeah. you do Hater versus Monet. That'd be so cool. Uh, Harrison Earl. Vikingo is 25. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. F off. 
<laughs> is what Harrison writes. Watch some clips of him after on Twitter, and he no joke does a cartwheel on the ropes. He's insane. Uh, also, Sting is the best man. I'm 22, so never watched him in his peak, but God, he makes, he just makes me love him every single time. Well, Harrison, you have got three years now to be as good as Vikingo is, so there's time there, dude. You put the effort in now. Or 42 years to be as good as Sting. I think he's 64. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another. Well, 64. Another uh, name hasn't been recorded here. Please tell the mods what your name is. I like the Don spot, but I didn't like Kenny's reaction if he truly believed Adam hit him with the frickin' bat. Would he not have attacked Adam? Don is fam. I hope that he isn't with the BCC, though. Pair him with a new meal ticket. Jay White to Keshta. Shazam! <laughs> Next week in Winnipeg. Leveling up. Leveling up. Uh, I, no, I, I thought it totally made sense. Like, I don't think Kenny hates Hangman. If... I think he might be starting to dislike Don, though. Ooh. Which is why I feel like it works. Mm. Uh, hot tag to you. Entrust uh, Online says, You ever notice it's always someone else's fault other than punks? In today's news, he was sort of saying Tony should just have put them in a room to hash it out. Yeah, because that's what the problem was. Well, same in WWE. Maybe punk is the problem, Ollie. Mm. Yeah. Rev Sir says, uh, Kenny has said multiple times in promos that he doesn't watch replays. Said it after losing the belt to Hanger. Great main event. Love you, boys. Which is what I sort of mentioned earlier. Mm. Yeah, I guess like the Bucks or Hangman should be trying to show him a tablet. Look, <laughs> I did not do it. Uh, so the person who was saying about the Garcia promo, uh, that was Nathan Coley. Oh. Thank, Thank you very man. much. Apologies, Streamlabs loses names. Sterling Garad says, Hey there, first time donating and first time watching WrestleTalk since the Squash podcast with Gavin oh, and wow. James. It's good to see that the world of wrestling has changed in seven years. From New Japan and all into AEW and WWE having great stories. Thanks. Oh, thanks for coming back, Sterling. BM Whitehouse 76 said, I'm making a bold prediction here, but I have a feeling in my gut next week, New Japan and Impact show will be better than Forbidden Door. Impact has been killing it lately, and I think the high-profile show, they need to become relevant again. Well, yeah. Fingers fingers crossed. Maybe there'll be an AEW presence on that show. Mm. Puckhead1994 said, Forbidden Door 2 matchup. Mox, Mox wants to be the ace. Dark Order recruits the true ace of New Japan. Mox's kryptonite, Toriano. <laughs> you know, Shota Umino's coming up a lot in New Japan right now. Of course, he used to be with He was a young Moxley. boy for Moxley. Yeah, so maybe there's something. I'm sure they want to do something there. Uh, put this $5 towards the secret ice cream surprise party for the mods Ollie has <laughs> planned. Shh, keep it a secret. Um, Got to apologize uh, for Streamlabs losing uh, this user's name. But, so, but between Ollie's bad takes on AEW and Luke's terrible taste in new metal music, I think we have found the best wrestling duo in all of YouTube. Um, P.S. What do you think of the idea of Jay White debuting at Double or Nothing and siding with Callis v. Kenny? I'm. Uh, if Jay White goes to AEW, I don't. I don't. I'm not really invested in him being a part of this story. I know he kicked Omega out of the Bullet Club, but I always I feel like the meat is between Bucks, Hangman, Kenny. It's a bit of a day sex machina to chuck a Jay White in. I think it is as well a little bit like when you think the elite storyline, even with Cody and stuff when it was with New Japan, wasn't really a Jay White mm. story. He wasn't a factor in any of the stuff that they were doing. Kota Ibushi was. But I don't think like Jay ever was. Having said that, if you want to put Jay White versus Kenny Omega on TV or pay-per-view, I'm not going to be upset about that in the slightest. Uh, and also, just to clarify this username here, you spelt new metal wrong. So look who's right now. <laughs> it's Luke Owen, D-A-D, once again. Play the music. <laughs> 
See us out. There it was. <laughs> it's like our own personal <laughs> thingy to um, uh, curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> Can we get that built in? What? I want a different, different like end credits to a show every time we make a joke. <laughs> And it will always end when one of us is proved right about something. <laughs> like a Alan Partridge and I, and I had the, the last laugh. laugh. <laughs> um, an unknown username here. What is the best sandwich? We had this discussion in a taxi mm. the other day. So I find myself on my Saturdays going back to the sandwich of my childhood, which is two commercially overproduced slices of white king's mill bread toasty slice mm. so very thick thick that's the way we ate sandwiches yeah with mayonnaise all up on that mm. grated cheese and this might some people might hate this but i don't care sliced cucumber oh so cheese bit of crunch yeah cheese and cheese cucumber and sandwich. Nice. cheese mayonnaise cucumber sandwich i think that's very tasty mm. it's good uh peanut butter and jam that's my favorite one uh, Aoife Cassidy was too sleepy last night to watch, but just so you guys know, H is always silent in Spanish. So, uh, because you pronounce Triple H's name <laughs> in Spanish as Triple. Yeah, exactly, yeah. J.S. Wooten said, Ollie Davis, this is the greatest show ever. It sets up so much, but it's nowhere near as good as Fury and McIntyre singing at Clash <laughs> of the Castle, so sit on spin on this 88 suckers. Well, yeah, yeah, look. <laughs> I, this is my rating system. No one, no one criticizes Dave Meltzer <laughs> for his stars. Why am I getting all this flack? Uh, here's to the power of sats setting you straight, Ollie. DAD for life. Uh, Ryan Singh said, "Hey guys, I sent an ultra chat last week saying just one more thing in reference to Ollie's news episodes. I'm glad you guys understood that reference. Oh." <laughs> just one more thing really proud moment for me on monday as i was beca i became an uncle for the first time congratulations thank ryan. you so so much and ryan's sibling yes uh, and an unknown user here please do let our uh, moderators know it says hi guys first time ultra chat here love all the new content keep it up but the point of the chat is i have a theory what if ftr and cm punk attacked the young bucks i wouldn't be mad if this was uh bpcc Blackpool oh, Combat. Black, is that Blackpool Combat Club? Okay. Mm. Uh, and I'm expecting them to, uh, and I'm expecting it to be them. But imagine Punk and FTR versus the Elite. That was the dream match like mm. I had laid out when the, all of this kicked off after All Out. I remember me and me, Tempest and Pete doing an episode of Content Club where I said, look, you could just hash this all out and build to Punk and FTR versus the Elite. Put that on pay per view. I. I've been thinking about a few interesting points that I've read recently, and that is how back in the day, there was a very highly financial incentive for wrestlers to squash personal beef because you would, you would get a cut of the house for that wrestling match that you put on, you know, depending on how much that, that show drew, you would get a cut of it. So it was in your best interest to work with people, even if you didn't get along, to put on the biggest money match. Hogan Savage. You don't get that these days in AEW or WWE because you are you have guaranteed contracts. There is no incentive for, for the Bucks and Kenny to work out the issues with Punk. No. So, so it's just an interesting thing. Like, if you're like, well, if I'll get, if I give you a, if I'm Tony, if I give you a cut, of the pay-per-view that's going to have this match on, 
does that change things? Would you be willing to sit in a room together? I don't know. You know, maybe, you know, but the, Omega doesn't seem to be motivated by money. To be honest, Punk doesn't either. Doesn't need uh, it. Do you remember like, in, on, that, on that podcast, he talked about a story about like he just found a six-figure check that he hadn't cashed. Mm. That, that was like a merchandise thing. It's like, oh, I just didn't cash it. Yeah. I was like, that's a life-changing amount of money for most people. I was like, ah, I, just, I found it under a pile of clothes. Ironically, a pile of merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just just a yeah, just a thought. Um, and we have just got to quickly check the poll now, so I'm just going to close that. But it is very definitive. That is ninety percent thumbs up. Oh, that uh, is huge. Mid seventy percent and a one percent thumbs down. Well, sorry, what was mid? Seven percent. Seven percent. I think yeah. seventy. Uh, did we say Ashley Acid Sixteen's become a member? <gasps> We thank you very much. Thank you so, so much. Uh, and what a show that was. Mm. Uh, if you haven't, please go and watch Omega vs. Vikingo because it was awesome. So, so good. It is probably going to end up being... It's going to get a lot of noms, I think, towards the end of the year. Top three, certainly uh, uh, Osprey match with Omega, Omega Vikingo and Danielson MJF. And it's only March. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be a very big year, I think. This is going <laughs> to feel like that 2021 year where I was like... There's like 20 different match of the years you could pick. Yeah. And I'm very excited about that. Because Logan Paul, Seth Rollins is coming up. But he didn't do the um, the buckshot across the the, the chamber. Which yeah, is he's really saving it. <laughs> uh, do you want to do an outro for us? Yes. Thank you very much for joining us. Please go over and watch the Wrestle Talk news episode. Some some uh, Monday Night Wars up for you on Parts for Known if you haven't seen it. And of course, worst match ever. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Luke in DAD. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.